Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I'm so glad you came today because we've got a wonderful holiday podcast for you this time that I'm, I'm just delighted with this, this book because although it's a, a book of a young woman dealing with grief, she's doing it in such a positive way and I, you're going to just love it. So I want to introduce you to the author, Lisa Hebner, and tell us about you, Lisa. Yeah, thanks, Emily, for having me so much. Yeah, I'm primarily a screenwriter. Um, I've had, I've, I feel very blessed to have had five of my projects produced in the last few years. They're mainly Christmas romance. I have a summer romance. Um, they've aired on Amazon, Roku, Up TV. And then the series that I wrote that's based on the book that you're talking about, The Christmas Checklist, aired last year in Canada on CBC. And I heard from the producer, although I don't have a lot of detail yet, but I heard that that is that they rebranded the series and made it into a movie, and it will air on some kind of streaming platform this Christmas. So I'm I'm looking oh. forward to that. Oh, that's that's wonderful. I, yeah. I think people <laughs> will really enjoy uh, watching this. I enjoyed reading it. It it inspired me. I'm going to make my own Christmas checklist. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I love me. that. Yes, <laughs> and yes. I'll, I'll share with the people that that I work with um, who are dealing with grief and holidays and things because it it's was I wasn't sure what you were going to have on the list, and I thought it'll be interesting to see what comes up, and I just I loved it. It was a special meaning for each thing, and I can I can tell you about me when I've had two husbands die, and when the the second one died, we had lived on Maui for two years before that, but I didn't know a whole lot of people, and I wasn't really sure after two. You know, it's like okay, now what do I do? And I spent a lot of time just writing. Uh, in my journal, mostly not for people to read, but writing and exploring my thoughts. And when I wasn't doing that, I generally have the TV on, which is not me, but that was mm. what I needed at the time. And I found the Christmas movies on Hallmark. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I watched them nonstop right. <laughs> because I didn't really need to know what the story was because they all had the same beginning, middle, and end. And so I didn't have to worry about what it was going to turn out. I knew it was going to have a happy ending and that the people were going to fall in love and it was going to be beautiful. And it, it was just nice to have something positive is kind of a, a background for what I was going through at the time. And it, it actually helped me be able to build up some positivity. And, and your book is like, was like that for me. When I read that, I thought, oh, wow, this is just so cool. Because you, you talk about the hard things and show how you can do something about it so that you can really lift your spirits. So, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm just thrilled that you said you were going to start your own Christmas checklist because kind of that was my hope that 
people who read this or, you know, if they watch the movie, however, whatever form they do. But I was hoping that they would be inspired to kind of think about like, what would be important to them? Like, or if they were to even, you know, leave a Christmas checklist for their loved one, what would they want to add on it? What kind of things would they want uh, other people to do or themselves to do to kind of help them move through that grief. So I'm I'm absolutely thrilled that you uh, are going to come up with your own checklist. And I also, I just wanted to also, you mentioned about the Hallmark Christmas movies. And I think there's something lovely about those. And, th- and that's why I gravitate toward that style of movie as well, because like you said, they do have a happy ending. And I know that when my mom, uh, she got diagnosed with cancer and we moved back to Albuquerque to help take care of her. I know that during those grueling months and years of like her chemotherapy and all that she was going through, we would go upstairs and we would lie on her bed together and watch those Hallmark movies because that was our escape. That was our like happy ending. Like we knew that we weren't going to cry on those movies, that we were just going to be kind of transported to this place where everything was happy and it had a happy ending and we could watch that together and, and kind of get out of our current situation. So I'm hoping that's what this book and also the movie does is kind of also put you in that energy of of knowing that even like part of your mission is like helping people find the peace and the love during the grief. And and that's kind of what I'm hoping as well, that they can maybe find some joy in the midst of that grief. Yeah, I, and your, your book certainly does that. I just love the, the way you did things and also the the how you focused on love and the the fact that just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that you have to stay there. Right. You know, that, that all relationships aren't good. Right. (laughs) And that there may be somebody that out there that you never would have thought you'd meet. You know, one of the things that I do, because I have no intention of ever even going out on a date again, uh, but it, it could happen. I'm not saying yeah. no, but never I say I, never. I, yeah, I, I, that's what happened after my husband shock died. I said, well, we were had 22 years together and it was great. And I can't imagine anybody else having the same kind of relationship. And so I'm moving on to the next step in my life, whatever that would be. And sure enough, <laughs> I met somebody and, and didn't mean to, you know, it right, just, right. just happened. And I'm so glad that I was able to be open to that when it came along. So, right. and, and that, I think that, that one of the themes of, of your book is being open to hope. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and I also think that, <laughs> Again, I didn't know much about grief until, you know, I was lucky to not have had a lot of uh, experience with grief in my life until my mom, who was, you know, basically one of my best friends passed. But I think with with the hope aspect, I just I was trying to remember what I was going to say about that. But I think that when any person that you love passes, it makes you evaluate your own life. And so it makes you realize, like, am I living my life to the fullest? Life is short. It makes you realize the impermanence of life, right? And so um, we can choose to kind of wallow in our grief. And and 
I did for sure. Um, I think that's important and to get the support you need, whether it be through a support group or whatever. But I also feel that it's also good to kind of take stock of your own life and your memories with that person and how you want to proceed with your life moving forward, realizing that life is short and that it's impermanent. So That's right. We often think that there's always tomorrow. You know, and there may not be, you know, we were just before we started recording, we were talking about the fires here in Maui. None of those people had any idea that there was no tomorrow. No. And it it's, I think, important to think of the moment and focus on living in the moment. That's what my husband and I I did that that was especially once we realized that that he was having significant health challenges. We didn't focus on the challenges. We focused on the moment. Right. And that's what I did with my mom as well. Um, You know, I knew when you get a diagnosis like that with that, she got um, pancreatic cancer. I knew that that was not a very positive diagnosis. And, you know, I could see where that was going. But I, like you, chose to take those moments with her and just be with her as much as I could. And that's why uh, my husband and I moved to Albuquerque, uh, where she lived and where I grew up, because I just wanted to experience every moment I could with her. I wanted to watch those Hallmark movies. I wanted to be there with her to go to the store with her or shop for her if she needed to or whatever, but and enjoy those moments because, again, those moments aren't forever. That's right. And that's such a beautiful thing to think of is is focusing on what's what's positive and, and yeah. good about your life. Well, yeah. tell me a little bit about your list because I found that the items on your list were just fascinating. And what, <laughs> yeah. maybe why you cho- chose the ones in particular that you sure. used or... Sure. Yeah. So the list, the things on the list came about because um, there was a quote by this author, his name is Richard Paul Evans, and it always kind of stuck with me. And I was grieving and I was, you know, in, in a lot of pain. And it's like, how do you get out of that pain? And I, and I remembered this quote by him and it went something like the best cure for a broken heart is to use it. And I was like, Oh, so that like that quote stuck in my mind. And I thought, you know, to get out of my grief and to get out of my drama, maybe I can help others and maybe I will feel better. And then I also realized that it's also about helping myself and like nourishing myself. And so I kind of thought like, what activities? <laughs> so that's when I kind of came up on the, the activities in the Christmas checklist, because I thought, what activities like could help myself, like self-nurturing, like one of the activities is go on a wintry adventure, right? Adding more play into your life, like go ice skating or go skiing or or go, you know, through the Christmas market or whatever. And that brings joy to me because I love Christmas and Christmas lights and things. And so the list became about activities that kind of helped nourish your own soul, but that also helped some of the items on the list also help you like give to others so that, because I think giving to others kind of helps you get out of, you know, whatever drama you're going through or whatever pain you're going through and 
you're helping others. So it kind of takes you out of that. And, and it also makes you realize what you're thankful for. So that's kind of how the activities came to be on the list as they were all about helping yourself and helping others. I love that because I, when, when I saw Christmas list, I thought, Oh, you know, is this get your shopping done by a certain day? That doesn't sound interesting blah, blah, blah. to me at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I just thought what you came up with was so creative. And then that's what inspired me to, to work on, on making my own list and yeah. encouraging others to make their own list. Yes. Yes. I'd love people to make their own list and share them because I would love to hear what other people would put on their list. Um, you know, because those, again, were specific to kind of what I was thinking, but there are so many other things that you that are important with different people, like things resonate different with different people. And so I'd love to hear about them. <laughs> that sounds really neat. And you yeah. actually you just inspired me on something else that I oh, think I'll yay. do. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm I'm one of those rare people that sends out Christmas cards. Yes. I just I love to do it. I've I've always right. done it and I always make my own. And right. I, I love doing that. And I think I'm gonna include in my Christmas card this year a, a short and not a big long prescription, yeah. but a short Christmas list of yeah. hey, trying doing this during the holidays and, and right. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just, oh, I can just imagine the different kinds of things that I could put on there. And it'd yeah. be interesting. And, and I'll ask them, let me know what you did. <laughs> you know, and right. See if I get any response. That's one thing about yeah. writing Christmas cards these days. Nobody, or not nobody, but not very many people write them. And not very many people send a card back or send a card when you send a card. So I might not necessarily hear what they do. But hopefully if right. I just inspire them anyway, that that, that will be enough. Right. Well, and that's funny you mentioned that because actually one of the items, one of the activities on the checklist is um, send handwritten cards to those you love and, and let them know how you feel. Because I think in the days of texting and emails, we've lost that uh, beauty, if you will, of like taking the time and, you know, getting a card, you know, picking out a card and then with our pen and our handwriting and our thoughts, put that on paper and put a stamp on it and send it to someone. But I know if I were to get a handwritten card from someone and I do occasionally, um, I get one from my mother-in-law, but, um, you know, if I get a handwritten card, that just means something to me. It's like this person took the time to tell me how they're feeling or update about their life. So I think that's an important thing as well. I do too. It, it, yeah. uh, it's something that's helped me a lot. One of the things that, that I did after my husband Ron died about six months later, a very dear friend of his just dropped dead on his way home from work. Oh, and he was a lot younger than my husband. And we were family friends on the mainland before we moved over to, to Hawaii. And I was so concerned about his wife because I knew at her age, the last thing that, that would have been on her mind would be that her husband would die. And all of a sudden, right. everything changed for her and for her, her children. Right. And so I thought I, I really wanted to do something, but I didn't know what it was going to be. And I decided that I would send her a card every week for the first year. Oh, that's beautiful. And yes. It, yes. I'm so glad I did it. She she loved it. Uh she that's beautiful. As a matter of fact, when my first book came out, because my books actually were inspired by those cards that I wrote. And oh. when my first book 
came out and we had the the uh, launch for it, she recorded a little video for me and she held up in her hand all the cards. Aww. She says, I keep them by my bedside. Oh, and, that, oh, that made me have chills. Aww. Yeah. And Aww. I thought, oh, I did the right thing. So I've, I've gone yeah. a long way from that with doing them. I, I now have them published as like a box set, not not like stationary cards, but like a, a card that you could put in an envelope if you wanted to, to send Aww. it to somebody, or you could just draw one out to read it for yourself. And I've had right. such wonderful comments on it that people just love the idea of this support for a year instead of just, you right. know, some flowers that die in a few days. <laughs> right. And I think you bring up a good point because I know I experienced that as well. And I think this is very common in, in the grief community is that um, if you if people that are listening to this podcast are looking for ways to support others that mm-hmm. are grieving, right? That's a wonderful way because I had the same experience in the sense of, you know, people were very supportive, right? When it happened, like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. The sympathy cards came in and and the texts and the calls came in to check on for a couple of weeks. And then they kind of dropped off. And then it was kind of like, that's when you're really left with your emotions and maybe feeling lonely. And so it's great to think beyond, you know, the initial passage of someone, if you're supporting someone to check in on them every couple months, or like you did every, every, you know, few months or however long for a full year, just to, cause it is a process and there's, it hits you like waves and, and it's nice to have that support at the beginning, but I know I was hoping for some, you know, some support throughout the process as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so important to reach out and yeah. something like I I I think for instance the gift of your book to somebody who's yeah. dealing with grief and it's getting toward the holidays that would be such a nice thing to get because it was just yeah. it was it felt good to read it yeah 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 I mean I'm hoping that you know this um will be something that people will want to you know both read for themselves if they're grieving or it's it's true what do you get someone who's grieving you know there's the traditional flowers and the cards or whatever but like your book as well you have a book about healing and and moving on and finding love through grief so I think sometimes those things are important maybe give a book that has a positive message and sign it you know like a, you know sorry for your loss or, or how, you know I'm hoping this gives you comfort in some way and that could be a special gift to someone it, it really can be yeah. it's buying gifts for somebody at times of grief is is kind of a it's kind of a, a challenge people want to just get it over with you know right right a lot of times they'll just call the florist and say do something you know because right, it, it, it's right. it's hard for them to do it on their own because right. everybody deals with this differently and yeah. you really kind of have to think about it if you're wanting to do something to help somebody else out and yeah. helping somebody else out is probably one of the best things you can do to help you deal with your grief right exactly yeah no that's true and kind of in the characters and you you probably noticed from the book but I kind of tried to convey some of kind of the way I wanted to be supported through the characters in my book and um, the character that you know she ends up falling in love with without giving too much away without giving too many spoiler alerts away Um, but she in the book commented that 
a lot of times he didn't necessarily know what to say, but he was just there with her. And I think that's so important is sometimes I know I struggle if someone's grieving, like with the right words to say. And I know that I've had that, you know, on the other end. And I think, I think really for me at least, and and I put this in the character in the book, is that it's about just being there with someone. You don't have to know the right words to say, just be there for them. Um, just let them talk about their loved one or just sit in silence with them and let them cry or whatever they need at that time. Like you don't have to fix it, but you just can be with them. And so I think that's also a gift that you, you know, can give to someone else and, you know, a gift that you would want as yourself to just have someone be with you, give you a hug, uh, just be there. That statement is that all you just said is so significant. It's so beautiful. And it's exactly what people need. Yeah. I often have people say, well, I don't know what to say to them. And and what what I always say is, well, number one, you don't have to say anything. You can hold their hand, you know. But if if you do want to say something to them, if you knew their loved one who died, then say something nice about their loved one and say their name. Yes. Because people have a tendency to be afraid or concerned about making somebody feel bad because they mentioned their name and you're not going to make somebody feel bad if you mention the name of their loved one. Right. They they know they died and, and they know Mm -hmm. they miss them, but they love to hear something beautiful about their, what they did or what something that happened that made them happy or that sort of thing. It just, yeah, it, it is. It's a, it's a nice thing because and and like you said, to even if like let's say you don't know the person um, that passed away, like let's say there's a coworker or whatever, their spouse or their you know mom passed away, and let, let's say you don't know them, but you know that they passed away. Like you said, I think it's powerful for when someone's sharing with you, oh my mom just passed, or oh my spouse just par- passed, to say, yeah, what what was their name? What what were they what were they like? Mm-hmm. And because it, it does conjure up like, you know, I could go on and talk forever about my mom because she was just such a sweet person. And I'm sure you feel that way. And so it's nice to be able to conjure up those happy memories of them. And and like you said, the name, I think, is so important. And I just I just found out about that recently. But that's such a good point. Yeah, uh, it, it's so important. Mm-hmm. I know when my dad died very suddenly, we had no idea that it was coming and he was there one day and gone the next. And when I went back to work, I I missed a few days, just a few days because I didn't have any bereavement leave at my job. And when I went back, nobody said anything at all. If they see me coming down the hall, they turn the corner, you know, it was like they, they weren't prepared somehow. And so they chose to avoid the situation. Right. And that was really hard. That's I would have so hard. Anybody come up and put their arm around my shoulders or right. just, just right. say something kind. Like, I'm, I'm sure you miss your dad or anything. Yeah. But, but yeah. Say, say something. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why our conversation today and even your work with what you do with your groups and your book is so important to talk about grief more because I think there is 
people are uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And so they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to think about it. They don't want to think about their own, you know, passing or, or the passing of a loved one or a spouse or anything. It's just so awkward for people. And so just to even have a podcast or to have a book or to have something that keeps the conversation going about it, because some people are so uncomfortable, we need to kind of move past that. And, and, and like you said, look for ways that we can help people instead of trying to like Mm -hmm. see you walking down the hall and avoid you, you know, because it's like that person is grieving. And just like we talked about earlier, even if you don't know what to say, just go up, oh, gosh, let me give you a hug. Mm -hmm. And if you cry or they cry, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So so many people are afraid about having somebody show their feelings or showing their own feelings that they choose to not do something instead. And that just bottles it up and makes it worse for both of you. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, And I think that is a good point to bring up, like, you know, when we're talking about grief, too, because obviously my story and your your book we're focusing on the positive uh, of grief but it's also at the same time important to allow those tears to come and to allow those emotions to come out when you need them I, you know i line i was in bed crying like lots of times i can't even count the many times that i just would cry and i that was important to my healing process. And so, yeah, I think it's important to let out the tears. And if you feel anger, um, if you feel sadness, whatever you feel, to let that out in in an appropriate way. And also to seek help um, from, you know, grief support groups or grief counseling if you need to as well. So, yeah. Well, that's that's so important. It's, It's always okay to seek help. And and don't worry about anybody judging you because who cares? You know, right. <laughs> take care of right. yourself. Right. That's, that's yeah. just really important. I know in, in uh, my book that just came out, there's one chapter in it that I kind of debated about whether I was going to put it in there or not because I wasn't sure people would relate to it. And it turns out to be the chapter that everybody mentions when they talk oh. to me about my book. And the ah. name of the chapter is Crying in the Car. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it seems like that's something everybody does and nobody talks about it. <laughs> well, it's but. funny when you when you said that, I was I was even though I said I was lying on my bed crying, I was picturing the moments that I cried in the car too. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about you you truly are alone and isolated in the car, mm-hmm. so you can kind of do whatever you want to do. And then the key is when it really gets you pull over. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah, and and yeah. go ahead and cry all you want to because it, yeah. it it helps. It, it yes. truly does help. And don't judge yourself for crying or, or feeling that way. It's, it's absolutely fine to do that. Right. And there's certain songs, too, that oh, <laughs> when you're yeah. driving, like, will come on the radio that were important to you. Maybe you listened to with your loved one or they liked it or or it reminds you of them. And then all of a sudden you're driving and that song comes on and you just lose it. It's like, but that's OK. Yeah, yeah. it is. I had <laughs> one song with, with Ron. One day I, I came home and he said, I, I heard the song and it was back in the days when they were tape recorders. He said, I recorded it so that I could play it for you because you, you just had to Aww. hear it because it's our song. And I said, okay. <laughs> and the song was by Stevie Wonder, and the name of it is As. 
And when I tell people that, they, it doesn't usually click with people, but mostly when people hear it, they recognize it. They, ah. they know what it was. And I have had, since he died, all these different things that have happened with that song that just ah. blow me away. Yeah. Um, there was one time, but for some reason, I don't know, I don't remember the reason why, but I was really missing him. And I don't know what the commercial was for, but somebody used that song for a commercial on TV. And every time I turned TV on, it was like him singing that song for me. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's ways that at least I believe that again, maybe others might not, but that our loved ones are reaching out to us and reminding us or showing that they're there with us in spirit or however you want to believe. But I, I like those little reminders of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think so too. I, yeah. I believe that we, yeah. got, we got married. Uh, we had kind of a pop-up wedding. It was interesting because <laughs> I had been putting him off for a long time, because I had I had said that I wasn't going to get married again, that yeah. I just wasn't going to do that. And four years later, <laughs> after we, <laughs> we were dating, and he was really wanting to, on December 26th, the day after Christmas in 2010, I was looking at the calendar, and I said, you know what, New Year's Day this year is going to be 1111. Wouldn't that be a neat day to get married? And he said, Yes, I'll make the arrangements. <laughs> and so we, we put it together in a week and we, we had a, a wedding. And so now every time I see 1111, that's right. our anniversary and uh, our, our yeah, wedding and date. And, and, and it's also, all the time. <laughs> yeah, and I've read something because I put that um, in, in, in either the book or I, and also I experienced where I looked at the clock every time mm-hmm. and it said 11, 11. And it was like, I, and then I looked it up because it was happening so frequently and someone's from new, numerology or something said that that meant your angels were watching over you. And whether, whether you believe it or not, I was like, I like that. So I'm going to choose to believe that every time I look at the clock and it has those numbers that that's my mom or whoever, you know, yeah. like I say, hi, mom. <laughs> Yeah, reaching out, you know. I say hi, Ron, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it just feels like that's what it is, and it. And yeah. I always smile when I see that number. Yeah. And yeah, whatever yeah. it does that can help you feel better and feel positive. I I don't cry when I see the number. I smile because right, it, it, exactly. I remember the love and the beauty and right. the, the goodness of our relationship. And the same when I hear that song, just yeah, it's comforting. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think yeah. I'm gonna have to play it after this <laughs> podcast oh, is over. Nice. Yeah. Well, and sometimes yeah. I would, um, you know, feel like I wanted to have a good cry, and so mm-hmm. I would purposely go and play a song that I knew would make me cry because I just knew that you know it was coming up and it was boiling up, and it was like I need a good cry right now, so I'm gonna go play a sappy like Fleetwood Mac landslide song or something that's yeah. just really <laughs> like, and I'm just gonna cry and let it out. So yeah, <laughs> whatever works, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But like we've talked about just now, it's a gamut of emotions. It's like, you know, there's the sadness and the pain, but then there's also the comfort and then there's the joy upon, you know, reflecting on those memories. So it's really just a roller coaster of emotions. Yes, it really is. Yeah. 
Well, I'm so excited about your book, and mm, I just hope <laughs> lots of people read it and get it get it now and read it or save it for next year. You you don't have to read it right at Christmas time, right, and, yeah. and it works for any holidays. That's that's the thing yeah. about it. It's it's not specific for it, it. Yeah, it talks about Christmas and it's wintery stuff and everything. But right. the the point, the message, is good anytime. Right. And I was hoping that, you know, because I, I write Christmas romance and I kind of that's kind of my genre. But I was hoping that, you know, it's not just a Christmas book that, like you said, that people who are grieving um, can just pick that up um, or and also even people that aren't grieving, but just going through any kind of difficulty in life, uh, loneliness, uh, a job loss, a financial difficulty, uh, whatever it is, can just pick up something that would inspire them. And like you said, give them hope. So hopefully that will happen. (laughs) I'm sure it's happening as we speak. Somebody's reading that book and saying, (laughs) I'm so glad I started reading this book. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you for being on my podcast today. I'm, I'm so thrilled to have such positive energy going out to the people who listen and inspiring them to do something good to go out and take care of yourself right now. Yeah. Thank you so much, Emily. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And I'll have all the information about Lisa and her, her links and everything in the, in podcast notes so that you can get a hold of her. Or if you forget the name of the book, which it's the Christmas list, so it's not a hard one. But if you forget, it'll be in the podcast yeah. notes so that you can get your copy too, because I know you're going to want to have it. So, oh, thank you. And thank you for joining us today. And thanks all our listeners for joining us today. And I just wish all the best for all of you. And get out and write some holiday cards this year. Don't have to be Christmas cards. Just write mm-hmm. to the people you love. That would be a great gift. Yes. So. Well, I'll see all you listeners or hear all your listeners next week. And I'm so happy that you're listening. Aloha. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode 